I uh, just was watching the uh, press conference and I saw that uh, our Premier has uh, put the lockdown finished at four o'clock this afternoon. So yes, that's fantastic. We are able to have 200 people here tonight, right? Because we're allowed to have, because we have allocated seating, uh, we're allowed to have uh, 200. So the first 200 here is just going to be a great night. We're going to have an encounter night. We're going to have prayer. We're going to have worship. We're going to have a short word. We're just going to kind of just free our spirits, just see what happens, just let God do what He does. Not a whole lot of planning, just going to see what God's doing from 6 o'clock. So we're all going to have to wear masks, which is all standard, obviously. Check into all the different things that you've got to do everywhere else. But uh, at least we can be together. It's not going to be online tonight. I want to give the guys who have been doing online a bit of a break. So to be part of this, you've got to be there. And uh, we're just going to see what the Spirit of God does. Uh, we're going to have prayer. As I said, it's just going to be a great, a great, great uh, night tonight. So I am very, very happy with that. That makes me really happy. So I'm going to preach today. Now, I had to actually change my title of the message. My, my message today was Living in Lockdown. So now I've changed the title of my message to Lessons I Learned in Lockdown. Right? So I had to actually change it because we're not in lockdown as of four o'clock today. Amen. And that's fantastic. So I want to talk to you because if you remember, and I'm sure that you do, our theme for this year is? Live. That's right. And the lounge rooms all over North Brisbane, people just yelled out live. So, uh, and this morning I want to speak to you about living in lockdown and, what, and look at four people in the Bible who were, who were locked down. Now, they had an extreme lockdown because they all went to jail. At least we could leave and go 10 kilometres. We could still exercise. We could still uh, shop. Uh, many people were still going to work. But these guys were promptly locked down. They were in jail. So how do you live when you're restricted, when you're trapped, when you're confined, when, when boundaries have been placed upon you? How do you live when you have those restrictions? How do you live the life, the abundant life that Jesus promised you? And I want to have a look at that today. Now, before we start, before we go into them, I think one of the first things is to realise that whatever your lockdown is, whatever your entrapment, confinement, whatever your jail, whatever it is that your boundaries are upon you, they are not going to be upon you forever. Right? One of the things the enemy will do is he'll try and make it seem like it's forever. There's no way out. There's no redeeming feature. But that is a lie. There's always a way out with God. It may not be the way out that we would see, way out we even want. But there is a way out with God. And trust me, you'll be better at the end of it if God wanted you to go through it. If you can take something out of it. Now there's a story of a researcher. And he had these two kids and he left them in a room that was just full of horse poo, right? And he gave them two shovels. And when he came back an hour later, there's one kid in the corner and he's got his face screwed up and his arms are folded and he's yelling at the researcher, hey, why did you leave us here? This is nasty. This is, this is stinky. This is, this is horrible. And, 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 he, and, and then this is like with the uh, other kid, he sees the other kid there. And the other kid's got his shovel and he's just digging frantically, digging frantically. And, and he says to her, Tola, you know, with all this house poo, there's got to be a pony somewhere. Like that second boy 
We need to look for the pony when life gets a bit restricted, nasty or smelly. So maybe I should have titled this sermon, Look for the Pony. So let's begin with person number one who finds himself in lockdown. It's Joseph the dreamer. Through no fault of his own, he's in jail because he actually has integrity. Remember, his boss's wife wanted to sleep with him, but he ran away. And because she was embarrassed by that, she dobbed on him to her husband and Potiphar had Joseph thrown into jail. So he's in jail because of his integrity. Joseph is in lockdown. So what did he do in his lockdown? Joseph worked his gifts. He honed his skills. See, God had a plan for Joseph. God had given Joseph a dream, but the plan and the dream weren't all that God had given Joseph. God also gave Joseph gifts, skills, talents, and ability. And those skills, talents, gifts, and ability needed to be honed, needed to be practiced, needed to be fashioned, needed to be worked upon, needed to be honed. They, they, they had to be brought to their full potential. See, Joseph was destined by God's plan to be the second most powerful man in the world, to serve Pharaoh and through his gifts, talents and abilities to save the world from a terrible famine. So if the gifts and the talents and the abilities were enough, then God could have just kind of said at the first meeting, he didn't need Joseph to go through all of those different things to get him before Pharaoh. But in each of the things that Joseph went through, we see that he is learning something from that. Joseph had to actually hone those gifts through the rejection of his family, through then the false accusations of Potiphar's house, and now finally in jail, like in his lockdown, in each of those places, Joseph used his gifts, talents and abilities to make room for himself, first over a household, then over a jail, and eventually over a nation. See, we've got to use our lockdown, or use your lockdown to nurture the gifts that God has placed inside you so that you can, you can bring about the purpose that God has planned for you. It's as we learn, one talent turns into two, to four, to six, to eight. We can all grow in our talents as we work the talent, gifts and abilities. And Joseph used his lockdown to eventually get to the place that God had for him. As I said, look for that pony. Joseph also cared about others. Put aside his own dream, all the while interpreting the dreams of others. And what I would like to say is don't let a lockdown in your life make you selfish. Make it about yourself. Joseph could have said, oh, I've got my dream. i got my dream. Get out of the way. Cook, get out of the way. Baker, get out of the way. You know, I just, i got my own problems. i got my own issues. But he didn't. And he interpreted the dreams of others. And because he cared about others, not just himself, God was able to get him into Pharaoh's palace. So don't become selfish in lockdown, no matter how tough it is. Remember those around you. So lesson number one, in time of lockdown, use this time to read. Use this time to study. 
use his time to listen to podcasts and devise ways to help others. Hone your gifts and talents and you'll be amazed at where that can take you. You know, during this last week in lockdown, I honed my writing skills and I finished writing a devotional workbook that's aimed at helping those going through setbacks, anxiety and depression so they can have a measure of freedom. And because I was able to use the lockdown to do that, hopefully I'll be able to give everyone who registers to come to Summit this year a copy of that workbook and I just think it's going to be great. So I use that, right, to hone my writing skills. Maybe they need a lot of honing, but at least I tried. All right, person number two in lockdown that I want to look at is Jeremiah. I'm going to read you a scripture, Jeremiah 33 verses 1 to 3. Now, while Jeremiah was still confined, locked down, in the courtyard of the guard, the word of the Lord came to him a second time. This is what the Lord says. He who made the earth, the Lord who formed it and established it, the Lord is his name. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Lockdowns, like Jeremiah in this scripture, can make you feel trapped, can make you feel confined. There seems to be no way out. Wherever you look, you only see obstacles, you only see trouble. Sometimes it's your own fault, but a lot of times, like Jeremiah here, is because of what others have actually done for him. See, Jeremiah is in lockdown because God had told him to prophesy some things, but the king didn't like it, so the king imprisoned him. The king said, okay, I can't kill you. I can't get rid of you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to hide you over here. I'm going to make it seem like you're going to have no effect that no one can actually hear you, right? And sometimes we get locked down because of our faith. Because we stood up for something we believed, we become marginalized at work or, or we're shut out from the family chat or there's different people. They'll start talking and when you walk in, they just stop. Right? We're, we're shut out and mass, uh, marginalized and, and isolated. And because you're not included, you feel isolated. In this scripture, God tells us what to do when we've been shut down, locked down, put out, marginalized, not included. We need a fresh word from God. Why am I keeping to go through this? Why To, to keep on going. See, what well, seems like I, I've stood up, it's given me pain. But I need a fresh word from God. I need a fresh revelation of who God is so I can continue to walk in faith. See, when we can find feeling trapped with no seemingly release or hope of deliverance, it's natural to be overcome with a hopelessness. That things can't change. That things won't change. That what has happened is so unfair. All you see is your confinement and you don't see anything else or anything else just seems impossible. So God comes to Jeremiah a second time. Now listen to this. The first time God spoke wasn't enough, yet it was enough. Let me explain that. See, Jeremiah couldn't live of just one drink from the well. He needed today's word. He needed a fresh word. See, the scripture takes time to declare who God is. It says he's a maker of the world. He formed the planet, established the earth. He's the Lord. So what God does, he says, look, this is who's saying this. Look, lift up. Don't, don't look around. Lift up. Look. Look. Look at me. Jeremiah needed to get his perspective back to see things as they really were, not as they seem to be. He needed to see God as creator, as all-powerful. And God encourages Jeremiah to 
call out, to cry out for a fresh word, for fresh vision. See, when we cry out for fresh word, for fresh vision, God will always come to the party. When we ask, God always comes. And it comes and it'll show us new things. But it'll show us new things out of the old things. See, the scripture doesn't say that Jeremiah got a new word. The scripture says that God spoke a second time. The words that God gives us in our lives aren't just a single shot word. It's not just drink it once and that's it. No, they are a well that we can go back to again and again and again. And as I go back to those words that God has spoken over to my life, they bring something fresh, they bring something new, they bring something I haven't seen before, and they invigorate me to get up and go again. See, under, under lockdown, it's time to go back and look at the words that God has spoken over you. I think about the words that God has spoken over my life. And let me tell you, they always bring a constant source of encouragement to me. There's new things and new things that I go through that I see that God is moving. So what are my words? Isaiah 54 verse 17. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against me in judgment, I shall condemn. For this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is from me. That is a word over my life. It gives me strength again and again. A weapon may be formed, but it's not going to prosper. People may speak against me, but as I keep my heart sweet, God's going to have His way. And it's not because I'm good, it's because God's good. It helps me again and again and again. Then there's Isaiah 50 verse 4. It says, The Lord God has, uh, morning by morning, the Lord awakened my ear that I may hear as the learned that I may speak a word in season to him who is weary. And he's just saying, God, he's just saying to me, Mark, make it about morning by morning. It's not about the whole big thing, morning by morning. You'll hear from me. You'll see something. And so whenever I'm feeling like discombobulated, now there's a word, I'm feeling unconnected. I'm feeling like, what the heck is going on? Time to get back to morning by morning, day by day, get my daily bread for today, and I'm going to get through. Nothing is going to overwhelm me because morning by morning, I'm just going to hear something fresh from God. And then what I hear fresh from God is going to come and hear people. I'm going to speak a word in a moment, what I felt God speak to me just this morning about this lockdown, morning by morning. And I believe it's going to water your heart. It's going to be a, a word in season for you. And the last word that is over my life, when you walk, you will, not be, you will not be hindered. When you run, you will not stumble. Keep firm hold of instruction, my son, for she is your life. Understanding I don't know it all. Right? Understanding that as I walk, God's going to be with me. As I run, God's going to be with me. I'm not going to fall. I'm not going to stumble. I'm just going to get there and God is with me. But I've got to learn. The moment I think I'm something, the moment I think that, that I've got it all, that's, that's when I'm going to fall. I'm going to take firm hold of instruction. And because morning by morning I go to him, no weapon formed against me is ever going to prosper. You see, they're words that I got many years ago, like maybe some of those words over 30 years ago, but they give me a drink. God speaks to me a second time, a third time, a thousandth and eleventh time. And that's what God wants to do. So go back and have a look. See, I don't need a new word. 
I just need to hear the word that God has already spoken to me a second time. So I want to say to you, let your lockdown make you thirsty. Don't lose your thirst and hear what God has to say. Excuse me, I'm going to have a little drink now. The third person we want to live, learn from in living lockdown is Peter. So let's have a look at Peter's story. Acts 12.1 About that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the days of unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him. Four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer was made to God by the church. Now when Herod was about to bring him out on that very night, Peter was sleeping. Look at that. Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries before the door were guarding the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and a light shone in a cell. He struck Peter on the side of the face. Could have just said, wake up. Right? He struck him. Can we get up? Get up. He's, it's literally like his mum. Like, listen to this, right? He struck Peter on the side, woke him up. Get up quickly. That's what mum say. Changed over an angel said, dress yourself, put on your sandals, and did so and said, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. He's really like being a mum. Slaps him in the face, tells him, get up, put on some clothes, put on your shoes, put on a coat. It's going to be cold out there. So the angel is like a mum, right? So uh, looking after us. Peter is in lockdown due to the whim of a ruler. Once again, it's not his fault. He hasn't done anything wrong. The ruler has seen that killing James kind of got in popularity. So what I'm going to do now, I'm going to kill Peter too because I'm going to get him more and I'm going to wait until the big crowd's there after Passover and everyone is going to be happy. So Peter is in prison. It's serious because James has been killed. This is, this is not just like I'll put you in jail, show, teach you a lesson or, or show you who's boss. This is a life and death situation. And what is Peter doing? He's asleep. He is asleep in the midst of a real life and death situation. Peter is sleeping. And I think that is real freedom. A perfect picture of what trusting God looks like. That sleeping between two soldiers with other soldiers at the door, knowing that tomorrow you don't even know you're going to live, you know, you're going to be killed and, and probably in some horrible way, right? And you're just sleeping. Now, he's a better man than I am because I'm not going to be sleeping at that time. And it truly shows me that he had such a trust in God, such a peace of heart, such a freedom in his spirit that he's able to sleep. He truly understood that God is in charge, not men, not circumstances, and whatever the outcome, God is still good. He is so in tune with Jesus. He's so in tune with God. I don't care about the outcome. I'm going to sleep. I'm tired. See, lockdown shows us where our heart is at. Is our heart anxious and troubled and, and stealing our sleep? Or are we at peace knowing that whatever the outcome, we're going to be all right? 
They want to show you something. Peter was a learner. See, this isn't something that he just did out of his own kind of smartness. He'd seen this before. Remember the time there's a terrible storm on the Sea of Galilee. This storm is so terrible, so fierce, that, that, that fishermen who are used to storms, who have been on that sea again and again, who've got their living from that sea, are just kind of going, this is it. This is the one that's got us. We're all going to die. And what does it say? It says they look over and they see. They see that Jesus is asleep. And I just think that's, that's amazing. Peter sees that Jesus is asleep. And then when he's in his next time of a life and death situation, what's he doing? He is sleeping. So I would say to you, let your lockdown be a time of rest. Now, all you teachers and parents just threw the remote control at the TV. I, I know that. There hasn't been no rest for you. But let there be some measure of rest. Let there be some measure of rest. Maybe at night, go to bed a little bit earlier and, and doing those things. See, I, I know that I probably slept more this week than I have in ages. And I'm not saying that in shame. I've used this lockdown as a time of rest. I've used it to read some stuff. I've used it to watch some stuff. And you know what? I've, I've restored my soul. So when it's done this week, I'm relaxed, I'm refreshed, and let me tell you, I'm ready to go. So use a lockdown as a time to rest, to be at rest. And just this morning, this is what I felt the Lord show me. You know, I said morning by morning. And, you know, when you're the pastor of a church, and it's locked down here and locked down there and people can't come to church. You've got to put restrictions here. Y your mind can start to, to get worried. We should be working. And, and especially from the background from which I come from, which is work, work, work. You've got to work and let God move into what you're doing. And, and I do believe in work. I spoke about it not so long ago, that in all hard work there's profit. I, I do believe that hard work is one of the characteristics of the kingdom of God. But God spoke to me and said, don't worry, Mark. Remember in the Old Testament where every seven years the land was fallowed. And I just felt like, don't worry, I'm at work. Some weeds have come up. Some stinky things have come up. But you know what? The land is fallowed. And it's readying itself for great productivity. It's readying itself. And I believe that once this is done. See, and this is the amazing thing. You get a word from God. All of a sudden peace comes get a word from God, all of a sudden certainty comes. See, that's something that I can understand. That's something that I can see. That's something that, that I can take a grasp of and now use as a weapon. So when someone stops coming to church or, or when something negative happens or when there seems to be some weapon you know, formed against me, I can hold on and go, no, I've, I've got this word. God's at work. It may seem like nothing's going on right now, but underneath, God is preparing the soil. Underneath, God is doing something because He's interested in sustained growth. Something that happens again and again. And if you don't fallow the ground all the time, you're just making it harder to make growth happen. But you let that one time come and fallowing, and all of a sudden, productivity happens. I love that. I love that. It's been such a, such a peace-giving word for me. It's taken away stress. It's taken away trouble. It's taken away a sense of sudden disaster. God's got this. Even in this, God has a plan. I see the goodness and genius of God. My last example 
and I'm sure you would have probably guessed who it is, is not one man, but two. It's a very famous story. It's a story of Paul and Silas in jail. Now, once again, they're not really there because of their own fault. They've actually done a miracle of God. But because they did the miracle, they ruined someone's business. Right? So there was a guy, he had a slave. It's a very different time to nowadays, right? And this girl, this slave, was demonically empowered to be able to foresee the future. It wasn't of her skills, it wasn't her ability. It was demonic power that enabled her to see the future. And so when she came in with Paul and Silas, Paul saw her for what it was and rebuked the devil in her and she was set free. Now she was free of spirit, but what happened now is she was unable to read the future and her owner was making lots of money out of her because people would come and pay him money to go and hear the future. All of a sudden she wasn't able to do that. He's lost money and like pretty much everything, you touch someone's money and all of a sudden you're going to get an uproar and the crowd gets in an uproar and Paul and Silas, the Bible takes the time to say, are viciously beaten. It's not just a quick slapper up the ear. They are beaten properly on the ground, kicked stone, all sorts of things and then they're put in jail. Because the crowd did that. The, 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 it, it's just been a, a terrible thing. It's not a great testimony day. Right? They didn't come back, oh, we were preaching today. There's this girl with this demon. And let me tell you, she came out and we cast it out. Oh, what a great day it was. No, this was not a testimony day. I'm in jail. I got, I'm beaten up. My, who knows what things are going on, what broken bones, ribs, and all of these things. And then their feet are stuck, so they're up here. They're not lying. It's... They're in a bad place. They're in a bad place. And in Acts 16, 25, it says this, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Whoa! Whoa! And it goes on, we see that they're released. No way! Think about it. Singing and praying after being beaten that's the ultimate act of looking for a pony. Well, let me tell you, there's lots of stuff, right, going around. It's the ultimate act. See, you can't be singing to God when you've served Him and all it has got you is a beating and imprisonment. It doesn't make any sense. You shouldn't be doing that. You're beaten. You're in prison. You don't know if you're going to live the next day. You, you've done God's work, but you weren't. No one came and gave you a little envelope, right? God has let you down. God wasn't there for you. You stood up for him. He wasn't there for you. God, God doesn't really protect you. He doesn't really love you. The gospel isn't good news. It's bad news to me. Imagine the thoughts. Imagine the fiery darts of the enemy that he is shooting into their minds at that time. But they knew something. They're here praising. They're singing. They're not just singing to themselves. They're singing to the other prisoners as well. Everyone, the jailer, is hearing this. And this is why. Maybe the piano could just come. I'm going to finish soon. Paul and Silas knew the only way to silence those doubts, to silence those fiery darts of the enemy, 
The only way to, to squash those things was to praise, to lift their heads towards heaven and see God. They knew and understand the, the power of praising God in the midst of horrific circumstances because they understood the word, they understood the Bible. That the Bible says this, that God gave a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Psalms tells us that we don't enter the courts of God. Oh God, please help me. God bless. Oh God. We don't come begging. We come in praise. We come with thanksgiving. That's how we come to God. Even in the Our Father, it starts with Our Father. Hallowed be thy name. It's how we enter. I don't need to enter the courts of God kind of like, please God, if you, if you please bless me, I'd love you to bless me. No, I can come boldly before the throne of grace. That's what Jesus did for me. I enter his courts with praise and thanksgiving. The Bible tells us that God builds his house in our praise. Ephesians tells us that we build ourselves up in the Holy Spirit by singing psalms and hymns. That's why I want to encourage you Come tonight. Come tonight. Be in church. Let's be in a place where we praise. Let's break off those restrictions. Let's break off those things and praise and worship and, and sing and, and do those different things. Let's have a time of celebration. You know, when God sent Israel into battle, He always put the tribe of Judah at the front. And the tribe of Judah means the tribe of praise. They always went first with their singers and their musicians. I want to say, whatever your lockdown is, don't let it steal your praise. Don't let it steal your thankfulness. Don't let it, let it silence your voice. Let it be that your voice is loud. See, that's what others are listening to. How have others seen you over these past 18 months? Have they seen you in this lockdown? Have they seen you in this corona time? How have they seen you? What are they saying about you in your workplace, in your family, in your, with your neighbours? See, is there a praise? Is there a sense of victory? Is there a sense of overcoming that has come from you? Have you been attractive in drawing people to yourself in this time? Or have you just gone with the flow? Have you continue to be negative, continue to be sing, uh, cynical, continue to, to be seen like, like it's all too much, like a, it's not fair and all of these different things. How have people seen you? Because it's important. Not long after that, the Philippian jailer who's seen it all. I mean, you've got to imagine a jailer in that time, in that place. These are not just like namby-pamby people. This is a hard man. This is a tough man. This is, this is a man not used to a whole lot of compassion, not used to, to kind of giving someone the benefit of the doubt. This is someone, this is hard and fast. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. This is a horrible place. And what does he do? He just comes to him and he says, what must I do to be saved? I, I love that. What must I do? And they just say, easy, just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. So your example during the pressure times of life, when you have every reason not to praise, when you have every reason not to be positive, and the very is and you still praise, and you're still positive, and you still got a smile on your face and a song in your heart and a whistle on your lips, 
Right, let me tell you, that makes you attractive. That draws people to you. So remember the four lessons of lockdown. Joseph teaches us to hone our gifts. Jeremiah teaches us not to lose our thirst. Peter teaches us to rest, to rest in God. Paul and Silas teach us to become attractive through thanksgiving. Father, I pray for every person that's listening this morning. I pray that whatever lockdown is, oh God, Father, whether it be the lockdown that's been imposed on us this week, or whether it be a lockdown of thought, whether it be a lockdown of circumstance, whether it be a lockdown of position, oh God, whatever it be, I pray that they would be able to find the pony, Lord. Father, they'd be able to take it out, oh God, from, from all the different things that's going on in their lives. They'd be able to lift up a hand to God and come to you with thanksgiving. Father, stir those words again in their lives, those things that you've spoken to them. And Lord, for those who have yet to hear a word, you know, some of you are there today. As I use those three words, you go, well, I haven't even got a word over my life. And I just think, wow, that's sad. Because it's something that's given to me as a battle weapon. It's a sword I can use. It's not even a defensive thing. It's something I can use, the, the Word of God against whatever comes against me. And if you haven't got a word, I want you to close your eyes right now. And I'm going to pray this week, God's going to give you a scripture. Not, not just some nice feeling, not some prop, just a scripture from the Word that's yours. You know, those three words, they're for everyone, but they're marks, scriptures. It's not like they don't work for Neil, Right? Neil wants to claim it. Fantastic. But that's mine. That's a rhema word for me. That's what you need. Father, I pray for every person who hasn't got a rhema word. I pray right now, this week, give them a rhema word. Father, open something out in the Scripture that leaps in their spirit, that explodes, Father, in their spirit. That faith comes, diligence comes, energy comes. Peace comes, encouragement comes, strength comes, oh Lord. A word that is they can hold on to, a word that they can grasp, a word that they can fight with, oh God. Father, I speak that over every hearer in the name of Jesus. And maybe you're watching, someone's asked you to watch, you're not a believer today. And as a Philippian jailer said, what must I do to be saved? You're asking that question yourself. Well, I want to say to you, the same as what Paul said to the jailer, just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not the church. It's not people. It's not a religious system. It's Jesus. Believe in Jesus who died for you, who loves you, who took the penalty for all the things that you've done wrong. There was a schism between God and man. And Jesus came took that sin that that separated us from God, made a way so that we can become righteous before God. That's what He's done for you. And then you have access to all what heaven offers. Father, I pray for every person who is not yet a believer. I pray that this morning, oh God, that they would believe, that they would believe in the Lord Jesus, oh God, not in religious system, but in the Lord Jesus, and they would seek after Him. 
You know, we want to help you do that. So either ring the church, send us an email, speak to someone that you know who's a Christian, and we want to put a Bible in your hands. We want to give you some studies that are going to help you ask the right questions because we want to help you in your walk with God. God bless you. Thank you for listening. I really do want to see people here tonight. It's going to be a great meeting tonight. And you know why I know it's great? Because we haven't planned anything, right? We're leaving it up to God. We're just going to see what God does. And uh, it's going to be a great time tonight. God bless you. You know, as it's August, we have our provision for the vision uh, month this week, this this month. And so I really want you to watch this video, pray about it, talk about it with your family members. And I know at the end of the month, we're going to receive just a fantastic offering so that we continue building the wells that God has at Emerge Church. God bless you. Thank you for listening. 